Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, Pope Francis is calling for a global ban on surrogacy, which uh, he referred to as deplorable, a deplorable practice, and he says that it commercializes pregnancy. But some surrogacy advocates are pushing back against his comments. Joining me now is Jerry Mayer Judson to talk a little bit about what Pope Francis had to say. Oh, yes. I talked to uh, someone who is even more qualified than myself to speak about it. I talked to Cindy Wasson. She is the principal and founder of Hope Springs Fertility Law, and she's also had her two daughters via surrogacy. So I asked her first how she felt about Pope Francis's comments. Yeah, well, I'm not pleased about what he said. We have a really beautiful system for it here, and I think that uh, you know, he doesn't account for that. To call it what he did is just, it's appalling. So yes, I say appalled. I say my heart is heavy. Can you tell me in however much detail you wish um, that you're comfortable with about your personal experience in accessing surrogacy? Like, was it very hard? What was the law like in 2008? Has it changed? Oh, yeah. That's why I went into it, so I could change things. So I was a very high-profile criminal defense lawyer, and my husband was the manager of mutual funds at one of the big banks. We were very resourceful people, and we were banging our heads against the walls trying to understand how this worked. And there was there was no internet information. The law had just come into place. The current federal legislation was passed in 2004. And when it passed, it, it had, you know, thou shalt not uh, reimburse donors and surrogates unless it's in accordance with the regulations, which they said they were working on. So in 2008, when we still had no regulations, I wasn't, you know, shocked. In still. 2020, 19 or whatever it was when we finally got them, it was like, wow, thought about those. So our position as a criminal lawyer, my definition of thou shalt not, unless they're in accordance with the regulations, meant that thou shalt not was meaningless. So you could, because there were no regulations, therefore the prohibition was meaningless. But in order to be smart... You certainly weren't going to go around buying cars and, and houses for surrogates. Mm-hmm. My first journey ended up being independent, though, because the one or two agencies that existed just didn't have anyone. And so whatever my lawyer put in the contract was, you know, what she felt was the appropriate thing. And she had been the lawyer at the time. So I went to her. My surrogate that I found independently turned out to be quite pathological. So we ended up having to do things like pay the down payment on her car. So it was things like that. She would say she canceled the doctor's appointment or it was canceled in the hopes that I wouldn't go. And I didn't believe her. So I went and sure enough, there'd be an appointment. So, you know, when Etta was born that day on December 7th in 2008, I just turned to my husband an hour after and said, no one should have to go through this. This has to change, and it will. 
the second, Sophia's second daughter, it was a surrogacy procedure. Like, I'm assuming she was much less pathological or else I'm sure you would have mentioned it. Like, you had a better Yeah, the nine second months. surrogate okay. was so fantastic. Okay. That was through an agency. The benefit of going through an agency, I guess, to do anything is they have regulations on deck. They can prevent exploitation on both sides. They do level things out because it's emotional and I even put a clause in my contracts because of my own experience that said with 48 hours notice, the agency can come in and check. So if she's overwhelmed and too ashamed to tell the intended parents that she's not coping, the agency can go in there and say, okay, we're sending a cleaning lady. We're having food delivered, mm-hmm. ready-made food. You know, do you want freshy, whatever? And then just say to the parents, you're paying for that and don't say a word about it. If you could snap your fingers and improve fertility slash specifically surrogacy law in the country, how would you do that? What would you do? It's two level, right? Because there's provincial law and federal. So Mm -hmm. at the provincial level, which is birth registration, I would have administrative acceptance everywhere. You are parents, just fill out paperwork. Recognizing it has to be different than the other because someone else did give birth physically. And so we have to report for vital statistics to the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. what her gestational journey was like. I understand that. So yes, so separate paperwork, but it it should not require a court order, although that should be available for foreigners who need it in their country. So there should be absolute recognition legally that we are the parents at birth. And then at the federal level, I would do away with the prohibitions in a very general way. And I I would have something because they need to keep their feet in it through criminal law. Otherwise, it all goes to the provinces. And I don't want that. But I would I would have something less onerous as a prohibition than, you know, not like, you know, major compensation, no hundred thousand dollar gifts. But it, it there should be a, a sort of a lump sum payment is the way I would look at it. Sir, mm. you, you know, pay your 50000 pay your 30000 and don't make them do all these receipt management things. It's too much. It's not fair. As well, the penalties for breaking the law at the federal level are not graduated. The penalty section says you could be convicted of either a summary or indictable offense. And the fine ranges from $200,000 at the summary level to 500000 at the indictable level and 10 years in prison. And there is no difference between cloning in your basement to get 10 years in prison and giving your surrogate flowers for her birthday. That's a gift. Now, nobody's going to put you in prison for that, but But formally in the law, that's what it says. They could. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I understand where the Pope is coming from in regards to the practice itself. Look, you commercialize pregnancy, especially when you look at countries like India. Uh, but one would argue, in this case, as, as Ms. Wasser has articulated very well, is that if you put rules in place, very transparent rules... Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Just make it plain in the law what you can and cannot do yeah. and make it, you know, sort of nothing is exploitation proof, but as exploitation proof as you can. Yes. And then I think it would be a lot less confusing and you'd have a lot fewer, maybe turbulent, crunchy instances where people do get exploited, whether that is the ex- the, the um, expectant parents or whether that is, you know, the surrogate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the response to your first question, yeah. uh, I think pretty much said everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. She had lots and lots to say. Well, there's yeah. a whole statement on Hope Springs' website where they're like, well, we're appalled. You know, this is a hu- like this is a human right, and they think that uh, they're stepping on it. 
one step forward, two steps back. Sometimes oh, yeah. for uh, for religious institutions, Most whatever. Definitely. We'll take the small no matter, wins that we can. No and matter then... what faith it is, it is the realities of Most certainly. Carrie, thank you. Thank you.